stop listening to other people first of all mm-hmm. um, because there are a lot of people in this world who will they're, they're, they're also scared of your success so they'll try and bring you down so you can do anything you put your mind to and you know what if you get up and you make a fool of yourself well people will love you all the more Hey, everybody, and welcome back into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. My name is Sam, and today I am very blessed and privileged to be introducing you to a beautiful lady uh, who I love, love, love chatting to about her journey in the direct selling industry. Today, I'm going to be introducing you to the gorgeous Nolene Shine, who is a senior district leader with Lorraine Lee. She's been with Lorraine Lee for 11 years now, and she shares that journey with us. She's really open, honest, and candid about that experience, but she also shares some of the challenges uh, that she's experienced along the way that I think so many of us can relate to, including her journey into technology, how she's found that over the years, and on top of that, Nolene has done something amazing. She has restarted her business and got herself to a senior leader level twice, not once, but twice. And she shares how that all panned out for her. I know you're going to love this episode. Have your pen and paper ready because she also shares loads of golden nuggets along the way as usual. But today, I think some of these could be really game changing for you if you just stop and take notes. So jump on in, listen. I know you're going to love this episode. I feel very privileged to have been able to meet and chat with Nolene and I know that you're going to love listening to her. So tune on in and enjoy. Everybody and welcome back into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. My name is Sam and I am so blessed and privileged to be joined today by the amazing Nolene Shine. Welcome on in, Nolene. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm awesome. And I'm really excited about our chat today, but I'm going to start by telling our audience just a little bit about you. And I know that you and I have had a few fun chats and I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. Um, but Nolene, you are a senior senior district leader. How's that for tongue tongue twisting? <laughs> We're already fluffing around. Look at us go. As long as it's you, not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Nolene is a senior district leader for Lorraine Lee. Um, but Nolene, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about who you are, um, what that means for you? And, uh, and we're going to jump on in after that because I'm really excited to, to, to dive in deep for you today. Sure. So you got it right. I am a senior district leader. And what that means is I um, run a group of our teams here in Sydney. We've got three beautiful teams here in New South Wales. And we have girls in Perth and all over the country. Um, so along with my two fellow leaders, Natalie and Annette, we run the teams here for Lorraine Lee. So that's basically it in a nutshell. And running the teams in, you know, it's not hard. It's not hard. It's kind of working together with a group of ladies who want to sell our beautiful products, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's it, really, in a nutshell. Love it. <laughs> awesome. And uh, now you've got three beautiful kids, is that right? I do have three kids, yeah. And your uh, wonderful husband, who I, I really need to call it out because he's in the background there right now, which I think is just like, hey, <laughs> I love it. Well, welcome to lockdown. <laughs> Yes. Covid work. I love it. So good. So, um, so tell us a little bit about who you are behind the scenes. Okay. So I am a mum of three. Um, beautiful children. They all live in Queensland right now. They live in Brisbane. Um, so a little bit about how I ended up in Sydney. Um, my husband got a job offer that he couldn't refuse. Um, 
happens to be working from home right now, which is uh, it's fine. But uh, we moved here <laughs> near, almost five it's years fine. ago. <laughs> it's almost five years ago. I can't believe that it's flown in so quickly. So my youngest daughter came with us initially mm-hmm. and uh, she was 16, didn't have a choice. She had to come. And she moved back to Queensland in February. So her and her brother live in our family home. We still have it there. And there's six 20 plus year olds living in our house right now. Right now where you are? No, no, in our house in Queensland. Oh, right. No, so that's why you're where you are. <laughs> I love yes. it. So my husband got a job down here and, and I obviously was able to take my Lorangley business with me. So that worked yeah, out really beautiful. well. Fantastic. And you're originally from Dublin? Dublin and Ireland, yes. Yeah. So if I talk fast, you'll just have to tell me to. I love it. I've got to say, because I know that you were a bit nervous on coming in here today and chatting, and I just want to say I was really excited because I love your accent. I think I could listen to it all day. So I'm, I was, I was really excited to, <laughs> to just, you know, have an excuse to listen to you for half an hour to an hour chatter yeah. away. This is great. Well, I, anything I do, I say it'll be faster because I talk quickly. So, <laughs> do you know? I'm. I know this is totally off topic, but I'm just going to ask. You guys have got some, I noticed there are some really strangely spelt names that you guys have got over there that, <laughs> that you, I wouldn't even know where to start with pronouncing them. And um, like, is, is, I, I don't even know where I'm going with this question, but I just, <laughs> I, I just have to ask, like, what's with the crazy spelled names that no one can well, pronounce? I guess it's going back to our heritage, which is uh, speaking Gaelic, I suppose. So if, if you break it down this way, so Siobhan is one name that you probably would have a problem with because it's S-I-O-B-H-A-I-N. Yeah, and that's one of the easier ones. Yeah, so you'd say Chiabon or something like that. Of oh, Dervla. Dervla is another one. Um, so that's a huge long spelling that Australians often get wrong. So Dervla is another one with a BH in it. So just kind of think of it that way. Because, <laughs> okay, of course, a, a, a B and a H together would make V. That's- yeah, and uh, Neve, N-I-A-M-H. Yes, I've seen that one recently yeah. and I was like, there's no way I would have guessed that. Well, that sounds like a V as well, so it's a bit weird. Really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should talk about direct selling yeah, we should, we should that up. Like that's it's great called. we've cleared that up we've cleared up that that, that that is strange it's not just me that's going crazy yeah. here okay so tell us a little bit about how long you've had your Lorraine Lee business for can you tell us a bit about how that all came about and where Absolutely. that started for you yeah so look 11 years ago a friend of mine um, was asking me to join her team in Queensland in Lorraine Lee and I didn't really want to do it. There was several reasons. And, and one of them was I didn't speak Australian. And that was my big thing because I felt. Hang on, who's hang <laughs> what do you mean by speaking Australian? Because everybody had a problem. When I came here 17 years ago, I did speak a lot quicker. Okay. So back then, I was worried people wouldn't understand me. So right. yep. I didn't want to do it for that reason. And then all of a sudden, my son um, needed to go to, he wanted to go to a basketball trip in the USA. And we needed $6,000 pretty quickly mm-hmm. for him to go. And of course, I wanted him to go and I wanted to get that money. And I said to my husband, okay, I'm going to join Lorraine Lee now. And I'm going to make that $6,000 and then I'm gone. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> and I got the usual eye roll that you're going to make $6,000. Yeah, that would be great. And yeah. all of a sudden, within 90 days, I had that $6,000. Wow. So I was like, you, I was going, wow, that was good, <laughs> you know. And the, the beauty of that was to be able to tell my son that like, he could go and he mm-hmm. was so happy. Um, so then I suddenly thought, you know, I could keep doing this and 
make some extra cash for the kids, yeah. for the trips and for all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, move on a couple of years and I was in a job that I really didn't like. I was working part time in finance and I won't go into the details, but there was not a, there wasn't a great environment where I was working. Mm-hmm. And so I decided um, I would do this full time. So it, I came home to my husband and said, that's it. I'm quitting my job. I'm going to do Lorraine Lee full time. And basically, that's how it started with the kind of leadership role and the, you know, increasing my business. Because we have a saying in Lorraine Lee, you can do this part time, full time or big time. Yep. So I was doing a part time. I went to a little bit of full time and now I'm doing a big time. So that's kind of how it happened. And, you know, I had some people in, in Lorraine Lee who believed in me and believed I would be a good leader. Because yep. sometimes that belief isn't in yourself. And mm. that's a huge learning curve for me. So having said that, um, Went along and became a leader in Queensland, had a lovely team of girls there, great, great environment. And then all of a sudden we had to come to Sydney for my job. So we're talking five years ago when it wasn't online. We didn't have Zoom. You know, we didn't have any of that, uh, that technology really on our, at our fingertips. So I decided to start from scratch again in Sydney. So start as an itty bitty stylist again. And I gave my team to my beautiful upline to look after. And... Um, came to Sydney and started from scratch. And I didn't, not, I didn't know one person in Sydney, not one single mm-hmm. person. So that was a real, you know, shock to me because I had a huge environment up in, in Brisbane that worked for me. So yeah. I basically, somebody in Queensland um, knew someone in Sydney and they, they offered to do a party for me, one person. Yep. So I decided that party was going to be the best party I ever did in my entire life. And uh, I went there with the sole intention of booking. Yep. So it literally book, bookings came and, and all of a sudden I was back up to leadership within about six months. Wow. Okay. So, so yeah. you, let me get this straight. You've, you've not just got yourself to a leadership position once, you've done it twice from yeah. scratch. Okay. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> this is great. Uh, so I was, I was shocked at myself, to be honest, because I felt, I, I think in a way, in Sydney, it was a bit of sink or swim. I did not want to go to a nine to five job. I just couldn't. The thoughts of that was killing me. Like, I just couldn't go back to that. I worked in finance and, you know, fig- figures and numbers, they're not fun. I mean, party plan is fun. And I was having a lot of fun with my parties and a lot of fun meeting people. And it gave me a social life here in Sydney as well. Yep. And I was really lucky in the team I came into in Sydney as well. And lots of, you know, lots of these girls are now on my team because the previous leader retired and I have these girls on my team now. So it's fantastic. But I felt really at home in Sydney, which is really weird because most people leave Sydney to go to Queensland. Yep. And I felt really comfortable here. Yep. And so it kind of just, it just, I just kept going because I didn't want to, to go back to nine to five work and I didn't yep. want to go back to accounts, you know, or finance. I just didn't want to do it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So um, this is actually really, uh, I didn't know this about you prior to coming into this conversation that you've actually done this not once, but twice. And I think that's, uh, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but that's an amazing um, feat. But what I think is really awesome is you've got a formula that, that works and it wouldn't just work for you. I know that this formula is one that you have spoken to others about, you've shown others how to do. What would you attribute your success in growing yourself to becoming a leader to? What's, what, are, what are the, I guess, the key factors for you um, that got you from starting from scratch to where you are now that anybody would be able to replicate? Yeah, look, I, I think I don't think about it too much, to be honest, Sam, about what I do. And so far as I just, it's just comes naturally to me. And, and I guess 
in natural, you know, in my in my psyche, I want to help people get what I got. So by doing Lorraine Lee, I got to stay at home with the kids and be yeah. a stay-at-home mom. And I got the trips overseas and I got the company car and, I, and I've done all of that. So I just want other people to have that. And I think when I'm asking someone, you know, would they be interested in joining our teams here? You know, what could this job do for you? Now, I don't, I'm not necessarily building my team, but I'm, I'm inviting people in to have what I had. So I think that's yeah. the formula is to be yourself. Yep. Yep. You know, and have that top of mind, you know, all of the time. And that's really perfect. I think that probably is the key here. The fact that you've gone in and said, I'm going to be me. And I know that you, um, you struggle, we've spoken a little bit about the the whole imposter syndrome and you've, you know, (laughs) I love that, um, that you come in, you're so real about it all. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that struggle and that challenge that you've experienced? And I, I ask this because I know that there are so many of our listeners that feel that that very same way. I think it's really good sometimes to speak it out and say, hey, you know what? Like there are people that are leaders in this industry that, yeah. that struggle with the same thing. Yeah. And I guess um, I was saying to you earlier that, you know, I'm on the wrong side of 50 here. So I do feel sometimes a little bit of an imposter that I've had all this, this success and I don't necessarily, you know, um, analyze it, so to speak. But when I started out, I certainly didn't feel I should be here. I felt, you know, how did this happen? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and, and really, when I look back on it, how it happened was I just kept doing what I was doing and doing it again the next day and doing it again the next day. So I yeah. just didn't ever give up. So yeah. basically, I stayed focused on what I wanted for my life and my family and my kids. And I just didn't give up. Um, and I don't know how else to explain it, really. I think... Sometimes you're afraid to succeed rather than afraid to fail because I don't love being in the center of attention. I don't love being on the stage. Mm -hmm. Um, But some of the highlights of my Lorraine Lee career have been when I've stepped outside of that zone and done it. You know, I spoke at a conference a few years ago and literally shaking, you know, shaking going up to do it. But when I did it, I felt so good. And I thought, you know what, maybe I do deserve to be here, you know? Absolutely. And, and people came up to me afterwards and said, oh, my God, I loved your story. Um, it was so like me or it was so attainable, I think, because I am normal. Yeah. Do you understand yeah. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that. I think that's really, really powerful. And, um, you know, I think there's so many people out there right now that are feeling that same way. It's almost, I love what you said about you're more afraid to succeed than you are to fail because failing for so many of us is just like, oh, well, done that before, but succeeding is a new thing. And um, it's pretty amazing to see that you've done this twice and you still say that because <laughs> it's like, hang on a second, <laughs> you're sitting right here, you've done it twice. It wasn't accidental. Yeah, and I guess I have huge support with Lorraine Lee. I mean, Lorraine Lee are a fantastic company to work for, mm-hmm. and they're all all the time building us up. Uh, you know, they build us up to to do what we we what they feel we could do, but we don't realise it yet. I suppose is that the yeah. word, is that the right yep. way of explaining it? I mean, even when Anne said to me, "Oh, would you do a podcast with Sam?" because she knew I was doing your course, yeah. and I went, "Me? Surely they could ask blah blah or you know." And, and she said. <laughs> No, I'm asking you to do it. <laughs> you know, back yourself. And I think that's a lot of what people don't do. They don't back themselves. They're scared of taking that risk. Yeah. So what piece of advice would you offer to someone who is in that position right now? They're feeling a little bit afraid to back themselves, maybe a bit afraid to take that risk. Um, you know, maybe even afraid to get up on stage and share their story with others. Yeah. What, what advice would you offer them? Uh, I'd probably say to them, you know, stop listening to other people, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are a lot of people in this world who will, they're, they're also scared of your success. So they'll try and bring you down. You know, they'll try and 
oh, you couldn't do that. Nobody will understand you. Or, you know, I've had that said to me. You know, I've, had, I've been introduced in, in the past and they've said, oh, this is Nolan, but you, you probably won't understand a word she says. Oh. And of course, I'm going, oh, my God, now I'm definitely feeling the, the love. Yeah. But I guess what you have to do is stop listening to those people. Put your hand up and say, I'm not listening to you. Yeah. Um, and, and then stop listening to yourself because that inner voice can trigger something in your mind that makes you feel you can't do something. So you can do anything you put your mind to. And you know what? If you get up and you make a fool of yourself, well, people will love you all the more, you know? Yeah. But don't worry about it. Just just do it because the feeling after you do it is it's just so euphoric, I guess. Yeah, I love that. And it's really powerful as well. You've got to offer to others. And I think that's, you've said that before. When you got off stage, others said that they felt they resonated with your story. And and that's something really important to remember. I know I've had to remind myself of this many times over the years that it's not always the obvious thing. It's not the what you can see and you can feel and you can hear that um, that is why you're doing it. It's it's those um, people that needed to hear your message that maybe you never, ever get to have a conversation with, but for whatever reason, they've taken something that you've said and it, it's it's done something for them. Or perhaps, you know, you set someone up in a business and you never really know what that really meant for them, but, you know, you might have changed their lives. And, you know, so it's it's almost like the conversations you never have, which are the reasons why you should be doing it. Yeah. Um, and look, the joy in this business is that when somebody does say to you, oh, my goodness, I would never have bought blah, blah. Or, and, and it could be something really small and simple. But when they say that to you, you know, I'm so glad you offered me this opportunity. I mean, I think the, the girl who brought me into this um, business is still one of my closest friends and she's not in Lorraine anymore. But I thank her. Every time I see her, I say, oh, thank God you got me into this business because it's changed my life, you know? Yeah. And she, yeah. she knows that and we're best friends and it's great. And I've made so many friends in this business. Mm-hmm. So it's not always about the money either. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. It helps. It helps. <laughs> it, oh, it helps. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, because I know that you said, look, Facebook, you know, you weren't really doing it before and you don't feel like you're doing a great job of it now. Can you tell me a little bit about what you feel you struggle with, but also what you do really well on Facebook now? I'd like to do the whole, you know, positive, negative, but also uh, let's celebrate successes here for a moment because I know you've been working really hard on it. Yeah, well, I guess... What I wasn't, okay, so let's go back a little bit. I guess last year we were running on it um, by the seat of our pants, basically. So we were yep. just selling, you know, we were selling, we were booking, we were recruiting. We didn't have time to think about how we were doing it. So when I look back on my parties from last year, I think, oh my God, um, it's just like word vomit. You know, it was just spam, you know, it was yep. just products, products, products. And I thought, oh my goodness. This has to be fixed because I was finding that my algorithms weren't great. And I, you know, we did all about the Facebook train and and we did, I did do some research and I did have some advice last year. And one of the pieces of advice I got was, oh, to be successful on Facebook, you need to be doing at least five to 15 stories a day uh, on Facebook. And that wasn't from you, let me tell you. And, <laughs> no, and said, it wasn't. And I literally did this and I said, oh, my gosh, I live in, in Sydney in a two-bedroom department with my husband and my dog. I don't think 15 things happen in a day here for me. <laughs> Not that everyone's <laughs> going to want to watch. Well, 100%. <laughs> Is my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner, and there's three down. <laughs> and my, and my dog certainly gets fed up with being plunked on products, you know, to be... <laughs> So, you know, my dog dog in a sheet set and a dog on a, on a pillow and a dog on a towel and a, yeah, I love it. I I cannot do this. And and that was another point where I thought, oh, you know, I'm out of here. I can't do this. I'm not, 
I don't want to be, you know, I, I love watching all of that happen, but that's not me. You know what I mean? Mm. Yep. So I was really searching for some way of being myself on Facebook mm. and promoting my business. And I guess what I was doing wrong last year was completely spamming people with products and we've got a sale or we've got this or we've got that. And then all of a sudden, um, I think around January, I decided I would look for help, proper help, as in invest money and in, in time in myself and get some help. And I, I don't know how I came across you guys, but once I listened to your podcast, the very, or not podcast, the very first webinar, I thought, that's it, I'm in. Because I think you said something in that about, um, unless you have something interesting to say on Facebook, don't say it. Yeah. Kind of, that kind of, I don't know if that was your exact words, but it, does that resonate with you? Do you remember something? Like I do, that? yep. <laughs> and you weren't advocating that you live your whole life. I mean, you give the, the tips, but you're not saying you have to do this to do this. You know, you're, you're giving the the advice, but you're not making us be something we're not. Yeah. is what yeah. I'm trying to say. You want us to be real. Yeah. And that's what I completely took from your um, your group, your, your marketing and Oxano itself. And so listen to all your podcasts and I really resonated with a lot of your podcasts and I really enjoyed them. So I thought to myself, well, this is something I can do because with those 14 days of posts and you're leading the way, but not telling us what to do. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what's changed for me. So that's the good thing. That's the positive. And I can almost, even though I'm at the tip of the iceberg with that, I haven't implemented everything I've learned from you and I am learning all the time, but I just haven't implemented everything. Yeah. I can see a huge shift in my Facebook, you know, algorithms and my, following and my you know um re- not reach what's the word your engagement engagements and connecting with people love it I'm a lot more fun I used to be fun when I used to do in-home parties I was fun yeah when I started with the online parties I wasn't fun anymore yeah so now I'm going back to being fun again I love that that's music to my ears because I know that one thing that can be really challenging you've sort of um hit the nail on the head with this. With Facebook, we find that people um, get caught up in what they have to do and, you know, what other people are doing and what they're being told to do and they lose sight of who they are. And in doing that, what happens is it becomes completely transparent that they're not being themselves. So not only are they now resentful and hating Facebook and it's not working, um, but people are seeing their stuff and, and not connecting with it because it's not genuine, it's not them. So I really love that you've said that because one of the the really great things about um, when you are yourself on Facebook and, you know, in your case, Nolene, you sort of bring a bit of that fun you back, um, it becomes more enjoyable for you, but people also connect with that more because they feel like, okay, I'm like, this is, this is this person being themselves. I'd like to hear more from this person. I'd like to connect more with that person. Um, so that's really great. I'm really glad to hear that. And I think that's really good for others to hear as well. If you feel like Facebook's a bit of a burden, it actually doesn't have to be that hard. Um, so sometimes, um, we overcomplicate it. I think that's, um, that's probably one of the great challenges I see out there is people overcomplicating their social media yeah and look as I say I have a long way to go yet but I just feel I have that excitement again about yeah. about Facebook whereas I'd lost it I as I said yeah. it was just I looked back at my my parties and I thought oh my lord they were terrible <laughs> you know? but I mean they were okay at the time because everybody was as I said just trying everything yeah but now we can break it down a little bit better. That's right. I think there was a lot of patience last year as well for people going online, a lot of understanding that, you know what, I people are not used to this, but we're going to be patient with it anyway. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think we're, we're our own greatest critics. Would you agree with that? I think we, yeah. we, we, you know, I can hear you picking on your own 
performance, but I guarantee no one watching those parties was thinking that. Yeah, well, I don't <laughs> <Just> know. Nolene. <laughs> just Nolene. Nolene. Yeah, being just me. Yeah. Um, so I want to come back to, um, for you with your business, can you tell us a little bit about, because look, um, you know, people listening, I think um, there are, there's a bit of a presumption uh, from a lot of people out there that, you know, leaders just get there. They just get there. They don't have challenges. They just, you know, they wing it or they're lucky. Now, Nolene's done it twice. We've heard this already. But I also know that um, for no leader has it ever just come easy and handed on a platter. So can you tell me um, what has not worked for you and what's working for you now? Where's, was, where's your priority in your business right now for growth? But I'd like to first ask the, the first part of the question, what's not worked for you? What's been some of the, you know, the things that you've done or tried that have just, you know what, failed miserably and you've gone, let's move on and try something else? So do you mean as a leader or as a stylist or both? I don't mind. Either way, I think it's good for people to hear that we all have these little peaks and troughs and highs and lows, and I'd like to hear about one of yours. (laughs) Well, look, I guess um, the the lows would be when you yourself let your, I mean, it's finding balance. I think as a leader, you have to Mm -hmm. find balance between your personal business and your your, um, leadership role, I suppose. So for me in the past, I've focused too much maybe on, the team and mm-hmm. my personal business has gone down or I've done yeah. the reverse. I've focused too much on my personal business and the team has kind of gone to yeah. pot. So it's finding, I think what's gone wrong in the past is not having that balance in my life. I mean, in, in the, in yeah. the business. Um, and what's, what works is then if you do set yourself tasks that are, are evenly spaced out, I guess, between the two. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having a plan, having, a, you know, having some sort of a plan set out, um, so you can run your business on an even keel, I suppose. And look, we all have times where parties don't go uh, to plan or they don't re- you know, result in two bookings or in two in a recruit or whatever. Um, and when you don't get the two bookings, I guess the, the real go-getters in our business will always replace that party elsewhere. You yeah. know? So they may not get a booking at an event, but they go and find a booking somewhere else to replenish and mm-hmm. then get a second booking to grow. So I think what's gone wrong in the past is I've let that slide and then yeah. all of a sudden you're scrabbling back up to the top. Yeah. Um, with the leadership, I guess we're, we're very lucky with Lorraine Lee and our leadership programs and, and what we've got going for us. There's a huge number of us who support each other. So I don't really feel I could comment too much on the bad side of that because there really isn't at the moment. Mm. I don't really. Yeah. I try and put the bad things out of my head. <laughs> it's good. But yeah, no, so... I don't know if that answers your question or not, but I it think it does, uh, and it actually opens up another question that I want to ask you. Actually, I know that uh, you've you've been really you've you've talked a lot about parties and getting bookings, and when you first got to Sydney, you know, it was one of the first things you did was just get yeah. yourself that first party. Have you got any hot tips on how to get those bookings? You know, when you're in that party scenario, yeah. um, for people that maybe are struggling with that. Oh, I thought you meant creative bookings. I thought you meant not in Well, that. you can tell us both, but uh, I was specifically thinking you yeah. get your one booking and you're at your party. How are you going to get more bookings? What's okay. the hot tip you can give people? Well, the biggest hot tip I can give is, you know, say to somebody when they come to order with you, look, Sam, before I take your order, I can't really let you pay full price for what you're getting. So let me quickly show you how much you would save by having your own event. Yep. Whatever you want to call it. And I, and I have a little example of that. I did a party uh, a few years ago in Queensland and these two guys, they were partners and they came to the table and, and one of them said, we're not having a party. Just don't even ask me. I'm not having a party. Put his hand up like that. And his partner said, 
oh, we might. And I said, no, no, don't worry about it. I said, just what's on your wish list? And they had a wish list as long as their arm. Uh-huh. And I basically went through the wish list. And I said, oh, that's great. Okay, Chris, I can take $680 right now. And I worked out how much they would save. Mm-hmm. You know? I said, I can take $600 right now from you, or 680 I think it was. Or we can have a party and you can get that entire wish list for $240. And he jumped up. He said, we're having a party. Who's coming? Oh, <laughs> so it's basically people don't know what they can save unless you tell them. Yep. yep. So you have to um, you have to explain to them what's in it for them. Yeah, that would be the, the crux of how you get bookings. It's about that. them, not about you. Oh, yep. Absolutely. You know, I, I yep. want the two bookings, but I want to in, I, I want two hosts that are you know wanting to have a party and wanting to have a good party. Yep. Yeah, and that's so true. If, you know, as soon as people smell that cell, if they can see the desperation that you want it, and I know because I've done this many times before coming from from such a strong sales background, it's those moments where the desperation is there that um, you've lost it before you even started. Um, But as, yeah, I love what you've said, just making it about them and, and what their needs are and meeting that. So let's just have a little bit of a look now. Let's come back to the other part of that question you need a booking haven't got a booking maybe you didn't get your two bookings at your party what would be your piece of advice to get something outside of a party scenario yeah and I guess when I came to Sydney first I really had to do that because Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody and I didn't want to be that person like you know the I used to have this vision in my mind I didn't want people crossing the road when they saw me coming because I didn't want to be asking them for parties all the time so I had to be a bit creative with it and I made a list I remember making a list and the first thing I did was I told my husband that well you've brought me to Sydney and you owe me to help me to build my business so get your partner involved and he actually emailed all of his colleagues in his in his company when he was uh, at work and he said happy wife happy life my wife uh, has restarted her linen business here in Sydney and if any of you have a uh, need for anything, blah, 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 let me know because uh, I want to keep her happy kind of thing. And it was a bit of a fun email. And yep, I got yep. contacts through that. But the other thing is to always kind of have, sometimes we're really shy about saying what we do when we're in party plan. If you have two jobs, mm. so I might be an accountant and I might be doing party plan or I might be doing direct sales, they call it now, uh, showing my age. And um, so if somebody used to say to you, what do you do? You'd immediately say, I'm an accountant. Yep. But be proud of what you're doing because this is this is the the job that you can have it all with, if you understand. Yeah, so good. I love and that. what you put into this business, you get out. And you know, even talking to you, I get goosebumps thinking about what this business has given me. And so I guess I went around. I always made sure I had a catalogue or something. And it's but if I was at the bank, I'd pull out the, the catalogue and I'd say to the girl, "Oh, do you have a, a staff room or somewhere you could maybe pop this? I'm new to the yeah, area." Awesome. I'm new to the area. Would you mind popping that in? But it's all very well chucking catalogs at people, but you need to have a follow-up plan and mm-hmm. go back. So I guess that's where I, 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 if I got my hair done in a hairdress, a small hairdressing salon, I'm supporting their small business. So I expect that they wouldn't be too upset if I asked them to support mine. Yeah, I had that front of mind. You know, if I got my nails done, not I wouldn't go to different nail salons. Be a regular customer, and I would say to them, you know. Um, you know, do you know what I do kind of thing? And we'd have a chat about it. I'd bring it up in conversation. So maybe having it front of mind and mm-hmm. people everywhere. And if you if you offer what you've got, some people will take you and some people won't. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's really so, powerful. Yeah. I love that. And it's so true. It's, you know, you're supporting their business. Absolutely. Um, there should be an expectation that 
they, they might not buy from you, but they're going to give you the time of day to hear what you've got to say. And 100%. I think that's really powerful. And then they might have a friend who needs a pillow or something, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's not always about in the moment either, is it, Nolene? Because sometimes it's about you've now seeded something. When that person in a month's time is thinking, oh, you know what, I've just redesigned my bedroom, or they're talking to someone that says, I need some new linen or, um, you know, whatever it might be, the first thing they're going to think of is there was someone I spoke to recently. Now, who was that? And you're going to come to mind. They're going to connect the two of you. But if you've never said it and you've never let them know, they're never going to have the ability to do that. So that's really powerful. Absolutely. Um, now, Nolene, one of the things that we do spend a lot of time working on within our courses is um, is identifying who your ideal customer is. Now, you um, have done a lot of work, obviously, building your team and, and re-establishing your business over time. Do you have an ideal customer and can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I do really. I mean, I, it's, it's kind of because of uh, online I would say my age, my age dynamic has changed a little bit. So it's kind mm-hmm. of between 26 and 65, I would think, in age yep. group. And 90% will be women. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, I have identified who, who buys our products, I guess, and who is our ideal customer and who is my ideal customer. Um, so that would be the broad basis of who is my ideal customer. And obviously people who like home decor, you know, and ho- and having nice rooms. I would hate to tell you with my husband in the room how many Duna covers I actually have in a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> but um, it's it's close to double digits. But, um, you know, you have to identify people who love that kind of product and who love yeah. your your lifestyle or who admire something that you have. And they say, oh, my gosh, I love that Duna cover or whatever, you know. So it's, it's trying to find them. You know, on, online it's a little bit harder and then in some ways it's a little bit easier because you can look at your insights on Facebook. Yep. Do you want to? But, you know, in real life, I would say, you know, my ideal customer will be between those age, age groups. Yep. And so we've, we've talked a little bit about uh, sort of struggle street for people, um, you know, where they've, they've, you know, they might be a bit stuck right now. Some of those, um, you know, issues that people experience that, that um, imposter syndrome, et cetera. Being that you've been through so many of these challenges, what would be one piece of advice you might give to somebody who was either brand new to the business or thinking of starting a business in this space um, or just feeling very stuck right now? Yeah. Look, I think, you know, activity, you have to be active in your business to to get some traction. And we have a fabulous resource on our website, you know, for new people who come in called the easy guide. And in there, it says to us, um, do five things a day, thrive for five. So do five things a day in your business to keep mm-hmm. it ticking over. So five contact calls or, you know, you choose what you want to do. Now, back in the day when I was procrastinating, I used to say, well, I'm cleaning my office. So that's something, you know, but cleaning your office is really not being active in your business. Yeah. You know what I mean, so do five things a day in your business. If you make five, made five contact calls a day, uh, either by text or messenger or whatever, um, or a phone call. Um, that's 25 people in five days. Yep. So out of that 25, you're bound to get some response or traction or customer or somebody who needs help. And, and we used to do happy calls, we used to call them. Um, and I would say, do your happy calls, like call your customers that have bought from you two months ago and say, how are you going with those sheets? Yep, love it. Because even if they, if, even if they have a problem, that's good. I would rather they have the problem with me and I could sort it out and have a problem with somebody else and, and tell their friends, oh, no, I wouldn't buy that from that person because they don't follow up or they don't, the product wasn't yeah. great or whatever. You know, you need to yep. know your customer. Yeah. 
that's an amazing piece of advice yeah so happy do your happy call because and and call with no agenda i find is the best thing to do yeah yeah like give them a call and say oh hi sam i know you're tried out my subpoena machines how'd you go with them and if you say oh my god i loved them or whatever and i could say to you well you know what in september they're 30 percent off right now yep so let the conversation happen, but don't don't go in with an agenda. I'm going to book five parties today. Go in with an agenda. I'm going to look after five of my customers today. Yep. So good. And that's so powerful as well. People, again, they'll smell the cells. So when you're going in just to check in, um, they're more likely to open up and interact with you. I love that. So good. But be genuine about it. I mean, don't, I don't ever ring anyone with, with the thought, I'm only ringing you because I want to booking. I'm, I'm, I'm actually genuinely interested in how you went. Yep. Yeah, that's fantastic. Brilliant piece of advice there, Nolene. I love it. So we've got our our final fun questions because we do need to wrap up. And as always, we've yabbered on for longer than we should have. So can you tell us what's your favourite book to add to our accelerator list? Well, it's probably on there already, I reckon. It's uh, oh, it might be, but <laughs> I'll tell you anyway. It's it's it starts with passion with um Keith Abraham. Ah, good one. Okay, I love it. I'm a big fan of Keith. Um, yes. I've seen him several times and I've, I've seen him on your course as well. Yes. Um, and I love him and, and he's a lot about belief and confidence. Yes. Yeah. And I love his story, like his story, his own personal story. He could be my son right now. You know what I mean? Like yep. the story he had back then. Yep. And I did buy his other book, Focus, for the kids back in the day. And yep. It's he's a brilliant, you know. I love him, and, and that's my favorite book in that genre. Is um, it starts with passion. Yeah, I love them. They're both amazing books, and two of my favorites yeah. as well. So, yeah. and it, it really in the in the if I have time, I did highlight and write down one of the when I revisited his book last week because when you asked me that question, I thought I better check my <laughs> do my homework. I re, again, I do my homework. So I just I had a highlighted um, passage in the book, and it was in the introduction, and it said. Rarely is it a person's level of ability that stops them from achieving their goals, dreams, desires, and ambitions. Most often, they are held back by their lack of confidence and belief in what is possible for them, what they're capable of achieving, and whether they're worthy of that level of success. And this becomes the prison people build for themselves. Yeah. Oh, so good. And I'll show you, the book is somewhere here, but it's all dog-eared and and highlighted, so I really did enjoy that book. (laughs) No, that's fantastic. Thank you. I love that. Um, so, uh, next question is: If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Nothing to do with business. No, doesn't have to be. No, I know it hasn't. And <laughs> um, because right at this moment, if I had a superpower, I'd zap myself to Brisbane to see my kids. Oh, I love it! Right. So, That's what do we call that? Like time travel? It's not even time. Yeah, travel. I was trying to think Doctor Who kind of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The phone booth. Actually, yeah. I'll give you a funny story about that. That we've. I didn't know that there were phone booths anymore. In fact, you kind of walk past them now without thinking about it. You don't even look at them. Anyway, we went to the corner store near home the other day with the kids and um, we walked past uh, the phone booth and my kids said to me, oh my gosh, mom, what is that? What is it for? What does it do? And I said, oh, well, have you seen Doctor Who? And the kids went, no. I said, well, um, it used to be that if you got in one of those, that it would take you to anywhere. And the kids were like, really? So, so what? That was the entertainment for the next half an hour. They were trying to dial the correct number to to get it to. So that's bad mummying, isn't it? Let's <laughs> uh, give them a bit of fun. It was it was I entertainment for me. I think it was well worth it. Um. Okay. So, what's your favorite quote? 
It's a really short one. It's called, uh, the quote is, comparison is the thief of joy. Oh, good. So good. I love that. that I'm going to write that one down too. I think that's brilliant. And you know what that means, obviously. Oh, yes. (laughs) We talk about that a lot in Facebook world, for sure. Yeah, and look, it is. It's really true because your journey is different to somebody else's and I can't compare myself to somebody else. You know, you have to just have your own way and what you want and somebody you know I especially say to new people in our teams don't don't think you have to be selling forty thousand dollars in a month you know because we can't do that yeah. but if you if you're happy to sell twenty thousand or ten thousand or five thousand that's your that's your figure you don't have to match it yeah absolutely you know? Um, and I'm going to extend that to Facebook because uh, the the one thing that we spend a huge amount of time telling people is when you're comparing yourself to other people, you'll fail every time. You'll never be successful at Facebook where you're trying to be or copy somebody else. Um, and when you compare yourself to someone else, like you just said, it's not your story, it's their story. Yeah. Um, so I love that. Really great. And, and uh, I think very, very relevant. So thank you for sharing that one. All right. Final, final question um, is if you could go back in time and say one thing to your past self, what would that be? Well, it's going to be more than a few lines, sorry. (laughs) I thought it might be. Yeah, because I like, you know, I think about these things. And I guess if I had to go back in time, I'd say believe in yourself. That would be my little thing. And don't be afraid to succeed, you know, to take risks and and especially stop listening to your inner voice. You know, so that would be my advice. advice. Yeah. And I, I call guess, it you're in a bully. Yeah, and, and I guess actions speak louder than words, to, you know, for your family and your kids. So when your kids tell you that they're proud of you, that's worth more than any amount of money. Yeah. And they are watching what you do, so just be mindful of that. Yeah. Because I find now my kids are reading these kind of books that I read. Yeah. And they're doing what I never thought they would do. You know what I mean? So your your journey has a real impact on your on your kids. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, this this has been really amazing, Nolene. I I've loved chatting with you and uh, and hearing a bit more about your story. And I know our listeners um, will have really enjoyed this as well. So thank you so much for your time. And I think there's so many gold nuggets speckled throughout there. I particularly love the the action steps, the the doing five things a day, or the happy calls, um, and uh, and that hot tip with getting party bookings. I think is brilliant as well. So thank you so much for taking the time out to share with us today and having the confidence and self-belief to come in here and be on this podcast. We really appreciate you. Oh, you're more than welcome, Sam. And I've really enjoyed your your course. You know, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And I, I really would say to people to invest in themselves. You know, they're not investing in anything else except themselves. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Love it. Great plug there. I'll pay you later. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that wasn't planned. You didn't ask me. It wasn't should, planned. It wasn't planned. I should, be, I should be plugging my own business, shouldn't I? <laughs> you should. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> No, you can, you can, they can find me on Facebook. They can. <laughs> We're going to pop your Facebook down in the show notes. So if anyone wants to get some of those amazing Sapima sheets, is that, did I say that right? Yeah. Um, or flannelette even. They oh, can even come flannelette. I will sell flannelette. I'm just not going to hand them to you. Yeah. <laughs> she, no, she'll mail them wearing gloves. <laughs> yeah. So good. Thank you so much, Nolene. This has been loads of fun and I really appreciate you. Um, and I really look forward to seeing where you go next. And, uh, and the next stage of your journey. So thank you so much for taking the time out. We'll connect all of our listeners with you. Um, they can reach out, say hi, uh, get some more tips from you, I'm sure, um, and watch your journey. So thank you again. It's been such a blessing to have you join us. Oh, thanks for having me. Pleasure. See ya. God bless everybody. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for joining us. 
If you love this video and you would love more help to improve your direct selling business on social media, then click on the link to join our Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you in there.